This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Welcome to the 34th episode of the Blueprint Review Podcast. Uh, the critically acclaimed Blueprint Review Podcast, may I add. We, uh, we got a review, randomly, which I was quite pleased with, and it was positive. It, they, except about you, Dave. Yeah, except about me. <laughs> I think uh, I was the only sort of... I, I was the only criticism of the podcast. Let, uh, let the side down. The telling, it's just typical, Dave. Typical. We're making a comment about Spider-Man 3 saying that no one with a brain would possibly like it, uh, which offended people. But uh, anyway, <laughs> never mind. We still, it was uh, we got a subscribe, which means it's obviously positive. So, um, cool. Good, good. Um, it's, been a, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been yeah. way too long, yeah. We've, we've, well, Lindsay hasn't done one for... You got months. you two and Damo did the longest podcast in the universe at Halloween. Was that the last one we did? Yeah, I did say we should have broke it all up into sections, but I don't think Dave listened to my it advice. It was about three days long. Yeah. It I, takes me more than two walks to work, then it's too did long. You, did you listen to... I didn't even know you listened to podcasts. I do occasionally. I've been known to dabble. It's, I know, it's like Dave and Damo talking about the festivals for about an hour and a half. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I stopped. I was like, no more, Dave, no more. Yeah, it only got interesting when I started chirping up. Anyway, that's you know we said it was going to be quick and economic, so let's just go for it. The trailers has been loads that we've seen. We're looking, you know, obviously looking forward to some films. All the next year's sort of releases have been getting them um, done over. Um, so, Linz, you know what? What have you been kind of? What are you looking forward to? I suppose. Oh, um, next year. How yeah. many? Yeah, so what trailers have you been watching? Oh, that, no, that's sorry, my that's yeah. my kind of uh, out, roundabout saying, way of saying what trailers. I was like, I've not got past. I still want to see The Hobbit, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. upset it might disappoint me. But uh, I've finally seen the trailer for World War Z, which I actually thought was a zombie movie. Maybe it, it's is. it is. Is it or is it? Ju- I thought is it just the trailer what makes trailer it look like watch? it's just what? an apocalypse movie. No, eh? the zombie apocalypse. There's, well, the, the zombies happen kind of. I thought they were just desperate people trying to get on his helicopter. No, no, those are zombies. <laughs> yeah, it's World War Zombie. That's what the Z stands for. Oh, uh, okay, but um, it's basically Brad Pitt being Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that my under- is that? I think we've already reviewed it. Yeah. yeah, have we? Okay. No, no, that, just that's the review. Bloody Linz. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? Have you had a bad week? It's not that sharp today. Um, but yes, I uh, I think it looks good. It looks like really violent. It's got Brad Pitt in it, in his kind of aging handsomeness. And I love a good shit disaster movie, so bring yeah, it on. I love yeah. a good shit disaster. My only concern with it, well, it's, it's had a really bad sort of development. I mean, well, kind of production. Really bad. Like it's got Didn't this, they have to reshoot loads Yeah, but loads. I actually know someone who's worked on it, but um, and um, it's been a bit of a disaster. But... It kind of still looks interesting. The only thing I would say is that the special effects look terrible. Yeah. When there's like masses of zombies like climbing up each other up the wall and stuff. I like the idea. It's sort of cool, but yeah, it just looks a little bit ropey. Like, yeah. Is, but, is it based on like a computer game or anything? No, it's a book. I think. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was thought maybe they were kind of you know sending up their own it, graphics. It looks stuff. like a computer game. Yeah, no, it's based on a book. Well, you know, they kind of polish it up, don't they? That's the thing, you know. So sometimes the special effects can look a bit dodgy, but they kind of nail it. But I don't know, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if it did look a bit 
I think there's, it's cost a lot of money and they may not have too much to um, add a bit of finesse. Well, it does look pretty epic for a zombie movie, which I quite like, because I'm bored of the sort of traditional zombie movies. We've seen so many of them, it's just I can't be asked with them anymore. So this does look a bit more exciting. Yes, well, it's kind of, it feels a little bit like it might be similar to 28 Days Later. In that kind of, you know... Yeah, but with those big epic zombie scenes, I don't know, 20, that was still... Well, I won't say intimate, I guess it was still a bit bigger scale, but I don't know. This just oh, looks a bit more comparison. Like, it was quite little, actually. How, how many zombies are in 28 Days Later? Some, anyone do a head count? No, I mean, in terms of it was quite small spaces they were in, whereas this looks like it's like yeah. big cities and... Yeah, well, it's sense. Sorry, I was thinking of weeks later, not the week. 28 weeks later is a little bit more bombastic, yeah. in it, actually? I've so. never seen that. It's ha- I thought it'd be terrible. Was I right? Um, Some I, people prefer it, but... I didn't no. think it was terrible, actually. I didn't think it was that terrible, but... I thought it was overrated a bit. I didn't think it was bad, but a no, lot of people were going crazy it's about it. a bit mindless, but um, no, I thought mindless. it was okay. I quite enjoy a bit of mindless, yeah, especially exactly. over the festive season. There you go. We'll um, get onto that later, but maybe you should whack that on your... Um, to My watch to watch list. list. Yeah, to watch list. Um, Dave, um, is there anything in particular uh, that you want to I've talk about? I've seen a few. About? I'll talk about another one of the big uh, sort of trailers that's been out in the last couple of weeks, and that was the Star Trek Into Darkness trailer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I quite enjoyed the last Star Trek film. I'm not usually crazy about Star Trek. I don't mind it, but um, I'm not a Trekkie. Um, but the last Star Trek film, I, the J.J. A- Abrams one, I, I quite enjoyed it. And this looks like more the same. It's sort of, uh, I don't know, it looks pretty slick. It doesn't look anything special, but... It, it, I don't know, it looks fun, it looks funny enough, so... Is it the same not much set guys like Chris Pine and Zachary Yeah, yeah it's, the oh, same, okay. it's the same crew, so, I mean, there's okay. not, much, not much to say about it, just, it, you can't tell from these early trailers. Cumberbatch looks a little bit cheesy, doesn't he? A lot of people have said that, but I don't oh, know, he's not yeah. in Cumberbatch it that much, is in it. Really. Well, is he's going to be Khan, isn't he? Well, they don't know well, officially who he is, but he's Oh, he's the bad guy! Is. Yeah. They've given a name for his character, I can't remember what it is now, it's not Khan, but it still maybe could be, I don't know. But Are they going to... And you're bring Spock's mum into it again. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, just so random. It's like, I don't know what you've done. Oh, interesting. Well, it, you know, again, I, I mean, I didn't mind the first one. It had some problems, mainly mm. Sean Pegg. Simon, Simon, Simon Pegg, sorry. Pegg. I think I'm mixing Sean Pegg and Simon Bean. Simon Pegg was really, really irritating. Oh, he was. His silly accent. and Yeah. But it was good fun. No, I, don't I didn't like it. Think about it. Fucking Mr. Lens Flair himself. <laughs> was, um... Eric Banner, the bad guy in the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With some kind of veiny head. Yeah. I can remember the whole bad guy situation in that being a little bit disappointing, but I just liked the tone of it. I just found it quite entertaining. But, um... I'm also deeply surprised to discover that Dave's not a Trekkie. <laughs> no. If any one of us was going to be a Trekkie, it was always going to be you, Dave. I don't know. I think I was too into Star Wars when I was younger. Dave is the only man who likes Star Wars, Star Trek and Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a sci-fi just overload. It's like, ah, too much. Throw Lord of the Rings in there and it's like, ah, too much sci-fi fantasy stuff. And the one I'll talk about is uh, Superman. Um, I really hate Superman as a character. I actually quite like the first couple of Christopher Reeve films, but I think that's more about nostalgia watching them as a kid and enjoying them. Which was the one, I always remember the one where, I remember the one where he sort of turns... He gives up his powers. I think that's number two. You know, and there's a scene in a bar where he gets beat up by the guy who's out of Gremlins. And <laughs> I remember one where he sort of turns metal. Metal? And we go evil. Is hit. that the one where he goes evil? No. I think he's fighting somebody in like a spaceship and he gets oh. put onto a wall and he sort of like gets sort of like enwrapped in metal. I remember being terrified by that. 
I, I, anyway, we're not talking about those films. Let's talk about the new one. What? Superman. Superman. <laughs> anyway, ultimately, I really hate him as a character. I just find him really dull and boring, and anybody who's invincible, there's no... It's just... And, the, you know, the only way they can create any conflict with the characters is by kryptonite, and it just feels like there's really... Any, whatever, it, I, I hate him. But, saying that, I also don't like Zack Snyder, who's directing the film, but... I was kind of impressed with the trailer, the new one. The first yeah. one I wasn't, but the second one I was like, it's because it doesn't seem like a Superman film in any way, shape or form. I think that's why I was more mm, interested in it. I don't know. It just looks quite ponderous. Yeah, it, <laughs> it looks, looks very, um, oh, I don't know. It's I, the same thing Prometheus did where it just gives you a <laughs> soundtrack and then just yeah, shows you images of despair. Yeah, and, and I was like, like okay, <laughs> that is more interesting than anything Superman yeah. could, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I kind of like, you know, if it's more about the kind of rather than because obviously if, if the conflict is less about oh someone's found kryptonite or someone's stolen Lois Lane and it's more about the conflict of being Superman and who you're you know that's kind of like you know probably quite a bit more interesting than you know it's Zack Snyder I probably I think this is probably just the way they edit the trailer and it will be as yeah. silly Superman film but and what it, the trailer made me more interested in the film than I ever thought I could be mm. do you think you'll get to wrestle a plane in this one I hope not God, the last Superman is fucking It's actually awesome. the only bit of the one with Brandon Ruth that I've seen, but it's just brilliant. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to remember. <laughs> oh, oh, do you know what trailer I did see? And I didn't even know there was another one coming. And I was like, I think I might have clapped in the cinema. Was the new Die Hard? I didn't uh, know they were making another Die Hard. Yeah. I'm aware that I'm on a film soon? podcast. I should know these things, but whatever. New Die Hard. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be terrible, uh, yeah, but last it one's... made me really excited just to see Bruce Willis's big old face. I was like, hello. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be really bad, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, likely. Yeah. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Well, if you've seen that trailer, did you You must have seen a film with that trailer. Yeah, but I can't remember what. It might. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been quite new because... <laughs> no, there was a film that you guys had already done on a, a week that I wasn't there. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, it'll come to me at some point. Um, Jaws. You mentioned Jaws earlier. I, I, we didn't watch Jaws in the cinema. We watched oh, Jaws sorry, in the comfort did, of our own home and it was awesome. Um, mm. But yeah, come back to me. Cool, cool. Well, uh, well, that's it for trails, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of other big trails out, to be honest, but we won't go into them. Um, films watched, even though we haven't recorded a podcast for about a month, we're we've actually not watched much. Um, that's probably why we've not done a podcast. Yeah, I think there's three films we can chat about. The first, uh, the first, the well, me and Darren have seen is Argo. I'll let Darren start on this because I'm going to go on about the Hobbit later on, but. Um, Argo, what do you reckon? Uh, Argo, um, should, I get, should we just talk well, about... Keep it brief, because it came out a while ago. Should we give a little maybe? synopsis on now? Yeah, uh, a, a, a brief. Very brief synopsis. Um, it's a retelling of a story that I cannot believe is not more in the public domain. It's that phenomenal a story. But I think it was hidden until yeah. quite recently as part of the secrecy. Anyway, but the, the, the story is, it's about the, um, the storm on the embassy in Tehran in 1979 and the American embassy. They were housing their old Shah, the, the Americans... The American country was housing their old Shah, who brought sort of torture and sort of turmoil to the whole country. And uh, in a response to that, the Iranian people stormed the U.S. embassy because they wanted him released and then brought back to the country. So they stormed the embassy and kidnapped 50 people. Um, six people escaped and were in were being hidden by the um, Canadian embassy. And the and so, so there's these six people who aren't kidnapped and can escape the country, but obviously there's no, no way in, no way out. And then, um, and it's this um, character, Menez, who's played by Brad, uh, Brad Pitt, played by Ben Affleck. 
he is charged with sort of coming up with a, a, a way to get those people out safely. And, they, and as a committee, they come up with a variety of reasons. And um, his son is with his son, and his son's watching Planet of the Apes or Return of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, one of them. And he comes up with this idea that of, to get them out safely, that if they pretend to make a film, like a science fiction film, in and they obviously need a country like Iran, then they could take this film crew to the country and then pretend that the um, those six Americans are crew members and then they all go back safely. And he then goes over and that that's the kind of the, the kind of premise of the plot. Now, what did I think of it? Um, as a bottom line, I thought the film was absolutely incredible, and it's probably. I mean, this is another thing we have to do next year. But it's definitely going to be in my top ten. It could even be as high as it. it, it, You know, it could be my number one. In all honesty, I thought the film was phenomenal. Darren, that's a bold statement. The the film has sort of two sides to it, Um, and the trailer kind of hints at both sides. And it created. I think Dave spoke about this a few months ago about the trailer tonally seemed really weird. Like one minute really serious and one minute really silly. And the film does actually. The film is like that. It almost does have these two halves. It's got this very realistic, very. You know, kind of political drama about the you know the, the kind of the, the situation and the conflict of the Iranians wanting the kind of Shah released um, and how they're going to do that and that's you know and then then there's also this idea of this film and then the, the kind of film company the fake the set up this fake film company and that's John Goodman and what's Alan his name? Arkin Alan Arkin yeah I always think of Glenn Gary Glamorous but uh, and uh, and um, Alan Arkin yeah. And um, and they do provide the light. And there are these two sort of strands to the film. This sort of very serious, it's very, you know, th- their lives are in danger. And it's, it is played absolutely straight. And then this sort of more comedic, lighter film crew going over to this foreign country. And I think the genius of the film is that he balances those two sides absolutely perfectly. The kind of comedy isn't, doesn't ruin the seriousness. And the um, seriousness doesn't sort of bring any kind of, doesn't bring down the comedy. And I think... As a direct, as a piece of direction, I think it's brilliantly handled within. Is it that. Ben Affleck? It's Ben Affleck who directed it. Oh, yeah, okay. so he sort of straddles those two kind of really well. And I mean, and ultimately, I just thought I was just absolutely gripped by it. I was absolutely entertained by it, and and I just think it's a phenomenal story. And yeah, there were maybe some contrivances, some artistic licenses at the end of the film, but I didn't care. I didn't care to be honest. I, I was absolutely kind of gripped by it, and I just thought it was borderline flawless in my opinion in my opinion in terms of there's not much you can slag off about it i don't think dave may disagree with me in a minute but i think it's kind of whether you really liked it loved it or liked it or whatever it's hard to kind of criticize but you know maybe dave will but ultimately i thought it was absolutely great on kind of all, all levels really yeah it's a funny one i mean i like i liked it a lot uh, not as much as you though but but like you say it's it's a funny one it's i came out sort of thinking oh that was really that was a decent decent film but I just didn't love it. I think, like you say, there's not anything to slag off. Not there's nothing he necessarily did wrong. I just felt I don't know. For me, it played it quite safe, and there's never anything like massively exciting. There's never anything massively funny. So it's sort of like just a really solid, well-made, decent sort of thriller, but with these comedy aspects. But I don't know. It never. There was nothing really grabbing me. It was just like, yeah, this is solid. This is great. And I've had that with all Ben Affleck films. I think. He's an amazing director. All three of the films that he's done, he's done The Town, uh, Gone Baby Gone and this, they're all so solid and like well-constructed and really decent films, but none of them have... I don't know, there's just always... I think I just need this extra edge sometimes just to really love a film. Yeah. And 
but I, I don't want to slag it off though because it is it is very very good. But I think it's whereas like Darren, it's near the top of his top ten of the list. It's it's just sort of just hiding just outside of my top ten probably just because I don't know. It just didn't have that. I think I think with me, I, you'd have preferred it to go one way because it straddled a few different sort of things. Not necessarily. I mean, I did like the bounce. I thought they did the bounce well, but I think. Because it was balancing it, maybe none, neither of the aspects really stood out. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he necessarily should have just gone one way or the other. But if um, he did, if it was more of a thriller or more of a drama yeah. or more of a comedy, it would have... just like, it, it kind of doing a few things very yeah. well is different to being an amazing comedy or an amazing yeah. thriller or an it was amazing like, drama. I was engrossed, but I wasn't like properly gripped, like, fuck me, what's going to happen next? This is amazing. It was just like entertaining, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but no, very solid. As I say, I can't badmouth it, and everyone should go out and watch it. It's uh, it's it's still one of the best films of the year. But it just didn't. I don't know. It just it didn't. It needed a little bit of extra something for me. That was kind of missing. Yeah. Fair enough. Interesting. Um, shall I talk about the master? Because that's another yeah. one. Because obviously, the Hobbit has just come out, and might as well save yeah the biggie <laughs> till the end. Um, the master, <laughs> obviously, the. It's Paul Thomas Anderson's latest film. He's obviously an absolutely incredible uh, m- modern master. Well, I didn't mean to use it, but he is a modern master of cinema, I suppose. Um, and this is his latest film. It's the one that's been getting all the kind of critical acclaim, all the pre-Oscar buzz, all the hype, like kind of leading into the Oscar season. Um, and um, um, I did see it. Um, I- <laughs> Suggests that you don't really remember it. I do remember it. I remember it very well. Um as a general kind of premise, Wacken Phoenix's character has left the army and he's sort of got no direct, he's directionless in life. And he ends up stumbling upon this boat and he sort of wants to get this job as, uh, as kind of anything really. He's willing to do anything on his boat. And this boat is ended up running by Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. And I've, I, don't, I don't think there's any hiding in the fact that this is sort of a Scientology sort of mirroring and that his character is the leader of Scientology. He's he's himself admitted this that it is echoes of that, and he then is then sort of seduced is probably too strong a word, but he then joins this sort of ship and the people on it who all sort of um, are, are along with Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, sort of leader, the sort of spiritual leader, the sort of religious leader, I suppose, of this group, and they're a sort of a cult, I suppose, and it's about him being embedded within this group of people. That sounds way more interesting than the actual film is. Um, now, the, again, sort of similar to the last film, technically, and kind of expected, the film is flawless on a technical level. It looks amazing. The performances are amazing, although they could be slightly better. I'll get onto that later. But the performances are, ama- are amazing. It, everything about it, the production design, the music, all those aspects are fantastic. The problem is with the script. It is... It, and the story ultimately there really is no story my, my problem with it is that there's no movement in it there's no movement in, in in the drama there's no conflict whatsoever we're just exposed to this group of people exposed to these people um you know these individuals um but nothing really happens um there's literally only two moments of drama within the story one of them where there's only one person who questions Philip Seymour Hoffman and his philosophy and his kind of beliefs. It is one scene that lasts about a minute and there's one guy, he questions it. And it's the only time where you kind of get stared because you're like, okay, something's happening. But it doesn't, it trades as quickly as it comes and nothing happens. Um, and another time where they get arrested and there's a bit, but, but nothing happens. But also there's no movement in the characters. There's, there's no, 
not to sound a bit wanky, but there's no journey, they don't go on a journey. There's, yeah. They're the same at the beginning and the same at the end. There's no change. There's no movement in it. There's, you know, they don't learn anything. They don't change f- from it. So you're watching this film. You're just watching these characters exist. It's interesting. Joaquin Phoenix in particular is quite phenomenal performance, but it's dull. It's just boring. It's two and a half hours long and nothing happens. There's no, it's not even interesting in a sort of an an intellectual way or political way. It's not as if, you know, one thing that I think could have saved it and what I was sort of expecting was Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's good in it. He's great in it. But for me, I wanted the character to be huge I, you know, you heard about this, this guy and he rules this cult and he's, and he's, he is kind of so kind of charismatic and so persuasive that people, all these people follow him. I expected a huge performance, this sort of monster of a character. And he's quite understated. He's quite oh. normal. He's kind of charismatic. He's kind of, not, you know, he's very real. And, you know, actually, you know, some people will like that. But for me, I wanted this kind of monstrous performance. I wanted him to be huge and I wanted him to go on these sort of kind of rousing speeches and, you know, and there's none of that. So that, so in a sense, I wasn't even sort of engaged by kind of an amazing use of language or an idea or philosophy. It was just, so it's just, just very, very dull in all honesty. Mm. It's a, it sounds a bit trite to talk about such a film with such a claim and to yeah. speak about it so simply, but that isn't, that, nothing... You know, I don't sound like a simpleton, but nothing happens. Mm. There's mm. The characters don't change, and I found it really boring. Yeah. So it's not Fair much, enough. Yeah, I mean, that's... I in, still haven't... It's, it hasn't really played around here, so I haven't had a chance to see it, but... Yeah, it, it's... I'm intrigued. <laughs> as a piece of atmosphere, the, th- the thing is, I, I'm not going to lie, I don't like films which give an atmosphere, solely give atmosphere, yeah. uh, ambient, ambient filmmaking. In the same way, you know, Tree of Life had more happening in it than this, but I didn't didn't like Tree of Life because it was more of like it's amb- you know it's like very atmospheric it's more a moody thing mood. exactly. sort of thing with that absolutely absolutely drive but if yeah. it doesn't alter you in some way whether that's emotionally or intellectually then you just is you're not that interested it's like uh, if you're going to be exactly. if you're not going to have a plot then you at least need to make me think something or you at least need to make me yeah. feel something yeah. and if I, if I have neither if I have no thoughts and exactly. no feelings then and I'm I just a bit and I didn't and, and, I, and I can't be engaged by mood yeah, yeah. And, which is and, partly like I've had the single a single man on my pile for a while, and I I, I keep putting off watching it because I think it might just be that where it's just like I'm so forlorn. It is just constantly, and it. it's like oh, well, this is boring. <laughs> I see. It is like that, but um. So, and I think and actually now I think the film has just divided people. Some people love it, and yeah. some people, you know, it's you know you can't you can slag it off because ultimately all, all that matters I'd rather it be technically crap and have an amazing story or mm. have an amazing sort of, of amazing content but so devastated well, I suppose if it's the stories that you're interested in as well though that's the important thing it's like actually yeah stories and characters yeah. the characters are interesting yeah but, they don't some, people, but some people like kind of just light and sound and colour and yeah. they're not they don't they were happy to watch it without a story but so I don't know I'll be, yeah. I need I to go somewhere really I need like to it. have a journey with, with someone <laughs> But, um, I quite like mood pieces. Yeah, exactly. So, Not yeah. always. Well, but... exactly. So I think you'll appreciate it. I think you'll like it more than I did, for example. But... He, well, Dave liked Tree of Life a lot more than you did. Yeah, yeah. but more yeah. happens in Tree of Life, at least. I just didn't like what happened, but... This nothing, you know, not much happens at all. But, um, but yeah, so big disappointment because I, I love him. I think he's great. Um, 
Nothing will beat Magnolia ever, I don't think. <laughs> well, partly it's if you expect to, if you know a person's capable of performance bigger than they're given. It's yeah, like it, it's definitely a, it's decided. It's definitely a decision. It's not as if it's a, it's not a yeah. bad performance. It's a very good. They're both amazing. And Amy Adams is in it, and she is amazing in it as well. Yeah, she is. She's quite good generally. Mm. Um, but it was. I wanted him to be. I wanted him to be like Daniel Day Lewis. I wanted him. You know, I wanted a, a monster. And when I say a monster, I don't mean an evil. Per, you know, you know, you know what I mean. By, um, I know yeah. what you mean. A character is just too big to be yeah. anywhere other than yeah. And in front of your eyes and like exactly. so you can go almost gawp at them it's like whoa yeah and I could you know if he was just giving all these rousing speeches and so, I, I could have been entertained by that because it could have yeah. been like because then your woman has been you know seduced by him and you want to join the cult and that would have been a more interesting sort of but whatever yeah. there you go so right uh, I remembered the big film oh okay go on response. then oh we talked yeah we talked Skyfall but you guys time. did Skyfall <laughs> tell you what, very time. quickly Linz go for it very quickly uh, yeah I, I had great fun um, I thought the film without Javier Bardem would have totally just, it would have fallen flat on its face, but he kind of, he's all I remember. Um, yeah. and uh, from what, three, four weeks ago, maybe. And it was, it was good fun. I'm not quite sure what it was about. I'm not quite sure why <laughs> it became a babysitting M mission. And then it I'm ended alone. in this whole kind of little, let's go back to seventies bond. But, um, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I can't really remember anything other than Javier Bardem taking his upper jaw out. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Or coming um, on to James Bond, rubbing his But in. I do feel it was kind of... It kind of lacked any... I don't know, it was like you built this big, dark, moody, super-duper James Bond and then you put him in a camp 70s Bond film. And I felt that <laughs> what he wanted and what the film was trying to do, and, and then M in the middle, I was like, I don't really understand yeah. where these two worlds collide. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, we're, we're all, all three of us have been a little disappointed. It's weird because everyone in the world seems to fucking cream over it's this mad, sex, the it? greatest yeah. Bond ever made. And all three of us are like, really? It's all right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Like, it was what I expect from a Bond film, but, like, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like in the same bonds. way with when yeah, was definitely. it Casino Royale? That's what it was. the first one. You were like, oh wow, this is different. This is new, and this is really interesting. Yeah. And then I can't remember the second one because it was just so fast. <laughs> um, and then this is like, oh, this is the Bond I know and love. We're one step away from an invisible car. They try to do something somewhere in the middle, aren't they? In this one, it's just yeah. a yeah. bit like. Uh, yeah. But you know, hats some off people like that. Some people say I love yeah. dark and I love the light and. Uh, I didn't think they gelled perfectly, but you know, but it's, it's, it's officially the most successful British film of all time. Yeah, it's crazy. Really? Yeah. Well, fair play. Didn't to it me. beat Avatar in, t- in general, like British box office? Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I thought you meant the most successful, successful British made yeah. film. Sorry, it's the most successful film in England. Yeah. 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 Which is mad. Good. Great. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of successful films, although not British. I, I am the only one of us who have seen The Hobbit. Actually, oh, I really wanted Darren yeah. to have seen it. I really I, wanted you two to have a full scale. Oh god! But it sounds like I don't think we would have done. <laughs> if, if Darren sees this, Darren will hate this film. I I can guarantee Darren will fucking hate this Isn't film. Isn't that bad? It's not that bad. I mean, I'm, <laughs> let me. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. I can just see. Uh, it's the sort of thing I think that will wind you up. It's a, it's a sort of film that's full of lots of little dodgy little bits that are easy to nitpick. And I think if you have a film. Uh, you tend to, if there's a few scenes here and there that are terrible, you don't like it. Plus, you don't like Lord of the Rings in general, and it is just a Lord of the Rings film. Um, but anyway, anyway, let's not get into what Darren thinks, because uh, he's not seen it. I can't put words <laughs> into his mouth. Um, well, you did I've done, I've done before, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, The Hobbit. I mean, really speaking about The Hobbit, because I saw it in high frame rate, 48 frames per second. There was almost two reviews to do here. Um, 
But I'll talk about the film one. first. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I'll talk about the film first. Um, brief overview. I mean, you know what it's about. I won't go it's into the too Hobbit. Much detail, if you don't know the story, yeah, then it's the Hobbit. That's... Well, the first third of the Hobbit. Yeah, well, it's the first third of the Hobbit. So well, this it... is my question: Where do they break the story up? Um, I'll tell. You, well, it's sort of. Is that a spoiler? I don't know. Possibly. Not... So maybe yeah, not. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't go into that. Um, but yeah, it, it's the Hobbit. It's it's, the, it's basically what happens before Lord of the Rings, directly before it. Um, they even tie it in at the beginning of the film. You've actually got Ian Holm and uh, and Elijah Wood uh, chatting in a scene that I guess is supposed to be set just before Lord of the, the first uh, Fellowship, Fellowship of the Ring. Um, but yeah, it's basically about... Is Elijah Wood asleep in bed and he says, let me tell you a story. <laughs> yeah, he cuddles so, in. No, and does that quite. mean the whole film is a flashback? Kind of. But I mean, the Hobbit, oh, the book yeah. isn't... Oh, no, no, it isn't. Oh, I, can't remember, I can't remember the books. I get them mixed up. Um, but, yeah, so it's not really a flashback. Well, no, I guess it sort of is. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's basically more, it's Bilbo telling his story. Um, so this is all about Bilbo's adventures before um, before Frodo got involved and the Lord of the Rings kicked off. Um, yeah, and it's the first third. I won't tell you when it finishes because it might spoil it for some people. But yeah, The Hobbit, what does I think of it? Um, I'm a, I will say first off, I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan of the, the films. I fucking adore the films. Um, but this, it is, it's got a lot of you Lord of the Rings tropes and I, I did enjoy it. It's, it's, I enjoyed it for the same reasons I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings films. I love the universe. I think Peter Jackson's recreated it really nicely. Um, I love things like that. The music's amazing in, in these films. Uh, they look nice, and I just like that sort of fantasy, sort of old school sort of fantasy sort of vibe that they give off. I, I, I love it. But I will say I was I was pretty disappointed with this. It's I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I still enjoyed myself. So some, there's a couple of great scenes in there. Gollum appears. Maybe a bit of a spoiler, but. It's fucking. This book's he's been in out the for hundred years. Yeah. He's in the trailer, but Gollum appears and again. His his scene is uh, is a scene of scenes, I guess. Um, a very good. Uh, there's a couple of a couple of epic little battle scenes in there. There's nothing majorly epic, but uh, that are quite impressive. Especially a couple of flashbacks in sort of in the first third. Um, but overall, it just didn't. It it, it had. It's like in Two Towers. There's like this one scene where fucking Legolas is. Surfing down a, 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 some stairs, or whatever. It's. Um, oh, I love that bit. It's that is in in the three Lord of the Rings films, which equate to fuck knows how many hours of footage. That's probably the only scene where I'm like, oh god, this is just want to tear my brain out. Um, everything else for me works, even the cheesy bits, even the okay, some flawed bits. But for me, I, I'm like, I don't care. It fits with the sort of feel for me. That didn't fit with the feel. This has got. A f- I wouldn't say maybe nothing quite as tear my eyes out horrible as that. <laughs> But it's got quite a few scenes where it's just a bit like, oh, really? A few little dodgy bits of humour that are like, oh, it just don't quite work. And there's this, um, uh, the brown wizard, one of the other wizards um, that's in that. And there's some scenes with him in that are just a bit like, oh, cringeworthy. Um, especially he's in an action scene in the film, which is plain awful. <laughs> the effects are just horrific. It's like the worst green screen I've ever seen. Um but anyway, I, I don't want to lay into it too much. The overall, what I think what what caused me, uh, other than the odd dodgy scene that caused it to be a disappointment, was sort of what I expected. I think the fact that he's drawn the film out um, has caused a few problems. Not oh. necessarily in terms of what I expected, in terms of... I don't think... 
it does feel a bit bloated, yes, uh, but not not as much as they expect. I think I was a lot of the reviews have come out saying, oh, he's stretched out so far, it's so bloated and dull and stuff like that. It's like, I wouldn't say I found it boring, I wouldn't say I found it overly bloated. The scenes that are in there, most of them do feel sort of, they, they do sort of drive the story along or help give a backstory to some bits that might be a bit confusing and things. Yeah, it, it is overdone. Yes, he could have done it in, in two or one film, possibly. Uh, but the main problem with stretching it out for me was it, it sort of uncovered some a, a, a flaw in the book. I mean, it's a flaw that I noticed when I read it, um, but it kind of worked in the book in, in that the action scenes are so random. It's like they're just going along in the journey and then suddenly they'll arrive at some random place and some crazy shit will happen. And it's nothing's ever all that connected and... Mm. It's just the whole the whole well, journey. Well, they just like randomly come across things that like obstacles that are in yeah. their way, don't they? But I mean, it kind of works. Cause I guess I mean, the whole bit. I guess the idea is, is it's this guy who's thrown into an adventure that he's not used. To. He's, he doesn't. He's he's not supposed to be on this adventure. It's it's he's sort of thrown in and uh, and he sort of has to sort of bumble his way around it. And uh, so in the book, it sort of works because the book's quite short. It's fast paced and. All of these set pieces are what sort of drives it along. It's like, you know, the next chapter's going to have another scrape that he's going to get into and he's going to have to get out of. And it's sort of all these loads of little action scenes in the book. It pulls you in and that is the sort of drive of the book. But in the film, they've stretched out so that it feel, they're trying to make it feel like The Lord of the Rings with a big epic journey that's going to last for three fucking massive long films. But then, because these set pieces are a bit random and, and in the book they just sort of come out of nowhere, now they really feel like they're coming out of nowhere because you're there walking and they're again on the journey and everything's big and dramatic. And suddenly some, some fucking mountain comes alive and starts attacking them. It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it, it's so random and it just, it, it just it made it all feel a bit clunky and a bit like, just a bit haphazard. And, it's, it, and I do think it's sort of, as I say, it's... It's because he's sticking to the book so closely. And when you convert a book to screen without really cutting bits out, without really trimming it to fit, to fit a film, it, it doesn't work. It, and this is a real example of that not working. Um, but as I say, saying that, some of those set pieces that I mentioned are really good. The bit when the mountain comes alive is fucking amazing. But <laughs> it's, it's just a bit random. So, And as well, in, in the way they've tried to make it feel more epic... Um, I don't think it quite works. It, what I liked about Lord of the Rings and what keep, kept me hooked um, through the fucking nine, ten hours worth of film is it felt like there was a weight behind it. It felt like the whole world was under threat by the eye of Sauron or whatever it's called. It felt like they have to do this mission or else the whole world is over. Whereas this, you've got an extra long mission to... They're just taking some... Uh, dwarfs to their homeland and stuff and it's like okay yeah it's quite a nice story but three films three hours each just for this story for them to yeah. find loads of gold and fucking get their home back mm, i just didn't really care i wasn't like gripped i wasn't think, saying oh wow this is the end of the world it was just like what should have been a short fun adventure drawn out uh, into yeah it to should have been a romp to, that ended up yeah, with, with the dragon fight and they're it trying been awesome. to they're, they're trying to two hours it, big yeah. dragon fight at the end done and I think, I think the thing is, I can sort of see why he's drawn it out in terms of, as I say, thinking back to the book, there are a lot of big sort of action scenes and big special effects scenes. So to fit all of them in to a film, it, it would be insane if that was one film. Yeah, they just cut a few out. So, yeah, exactly. You should have fucking cut some out, okay? Maybe they all sound quite exciting on paper, but you've got to be brutal. You've got to... Kill your babies. Out. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's what I expected. It is Lord of the Rings, so I still enjoy it to an extent, but it's just unnecessarily drawn out and it doesn't work in that format because of the nature of the book. Um, so it was it was a bit of a disappointment. What, um, what's the song like? The song? Uh, there's one or two songs in there. Uh, uh, Sorry. Is that the, not how it goes? No. There's, <laughs> I think there's, there's like two songs early on when the, when the dwarves are sort of... Um, uh, barged into um, Bilbo's house. Uh, they were a little bit. Yeah, they were a bit cheesy. What's but the worst bit in it? The worst bit in it is what that scene I mentioned. The wizard fight. The, the wizard. It's the it's the wizard like chases. The wizard's like flying around on his. It, it, the the wizard rides on like a sleigh, um, but no snow. It rides on a, on a sled on on the grass, and it's led by like ten rabbits. And they go really fast, so what? it's like he's flying around on this sled, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? And it's just... <laughs> what? And there's a chase where he, he runs off, and there's these sort of wargs, these big wolf things chasing him. And the special effects in that are atrocious, and the whole idea of it, it looks like fucking Father Christmas led by rabbits, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And it was... That, that could have easily been cut. Uh, yeah, God, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I was about to say... It does. He he does bring in something. That character brings in some a couple of important uh, parts of these sort of plot points and things in. So he's sort of important. But having him fly around on that fucking thing just drove me nuts. Um, and 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 his performance is a bit dodgy. Who like is he it? Cross, he goes bozzied sometimes and stuff like this. And it's like, oh, really? Is it really? Um, I, I felt like I recognised him, but there's so much makeup. I wasn't sure. I need to look it up. Really, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, but yeah, but. It, some bits with him were the ones that really bothered me. But as I say, there's still some great scenes in there. Um, yeah, but it's, it is a disappointment. Right, uh, what I will talk about now then, I guess, is the 48 frames per second review. Because uh, that was one thing that interested me a lot about the film, being a bit of a, a techie uh, and a filmmaker, um, was the fact that this is the first sort of big theatrical film to be shot entirely and presented uh, in 48 frames per second. It's not everywhere. There's, you need to go and see certain such showings, but it does seem to be in quite a lot of cinemas. I mean, this little... Odin and Lincoln got it, so there's no reason why anyone else can't find it. Um, but before I watched it, I'd heard a lot of negative feedback, a lot of people saying it's just hideous. Um, so I was a bit wary, and I almost wanted to go and watch it in 2D or something instead. But I was like, no, I am intrigued. I want to see what it's like for myself. So I'm just, I'm just going to do it. So that's how I watched it. Um and it's only for the 3D version. Uh, yeah, 48 frames a second. It's an odd one. Uh, <laughs> the first half hour, for the first half hour, I thought it looked horrendous. It looks like a TV, like one of these sort of live TV broadcasts. I don't or, or get like it. Xena I don't Warrior Princess how. or something. It's because, it's because with a faster frame rate, it's, um, it gets a crisper, cleaner image. It's, it's, because it's getting so you get it's getting each each sort of frame so yeah. quickly. Each frame is a lot sharper than usual. Um, so especially on like movement and stuff like that, it looks a lot smoother and cleaner. Uh, and it, there's a brighter the images are a lot clearer and clearer and brighter. So in terms of watching on 3D, the image is a lot brighter because obviously 3D glasses make everything. It's like wearing sunglasses. Um, so in terms of the 3D coming across, it is an improvement. Did it make the 3D easier on the eyes? You know, I still got a bit of a headache, so I, I wouldn't say it did. I think it does in terms of, as I say, it's, because it's brighter and clearer, it does look, look a lot better. I think 3D does look a lot better. But 
I still got the headache, so it didn't fix that sort of issue for me. So I'm still not a 3D convert. I'm still dubious about that whole format altogether. Um, but yeah, as I say, anyway, the first first half an hour, because it's so crisp and so clear, and because also the first half hour, a lot of it that is in the Shire, and it's very well lit, like really like blasting light. Everything's clean. Everything's lit to shit. And it, it, it makes it look awful. It makes it look cheap. You can really see the seams on the costumes and stuff. You can you see where someone's wearing a shitty wig or something. And uh, although interestingly, the film opens with a sort of a, a flashback sort of action scene of telling the backstory of the dwarves sort of uh, being sort of smog the dragon sort of uh, kills loads of them and get, and sort of shoes them away from their homeland from the lonely mountain. And uh, that as well, even though that's not necessarily a really overly lit scene, that just looked horrible. But I think that was just getting used to the format. Uh, Is it something like... So you notice it then? It's not as if... Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. You notice it. Um, it's, I'd, I'd it's, love to do a side-by-side It's just in terms of the quality. I think it's... For me, it looked a bit like... It's when digital filmmaking first came around and you first saw the things shot on, like, digital cameras um, after watching everything on celluloid. The first few films that were in that format looked a bit like this. They had that weird, clean, everything's a bit too in focus, everything it loses that cinematic quality, and that's what a lot of people don't like about this. And, and I, I agree, in like some of the first scenes, in a lot of the early scenes, uh, and in some later scenes as well, it does look, a little, it does look too clean, and it, it sort of, it's like scrubbing it clean. It, just, it loses all sort of atmosphere and, and all sort of cinematic qualities. But saying that, after half an hour, you sort of adjust to it, and it doesn't, doesn't seem as weird anymore. And also, I think may, maybe it's just because the film became a lot darker in terms of, literally darker in terms of where they, where they are. Um, because there were some lighter scenes that came in later that still looked a bit shit. Um, but when the cinematography sort of changed, it did look a lot better. And I still did think, I think it still looked very cinematic a, a lot of the time. Um, but, do, but then do, do you see the benefits of it in those scenes? Or is it just like you, it didn't look as bad? No, I mean, as I, the main benefit is, A, for the 3D, it makes it cleaner, clearer. But, yeah, I, yeah, I think in general, it be looking, it looking a lot crisper and cleaner, sort of, that crispness is quite impressive. If you're a bit of a technophile and you like seeing really, like, realistic, vivid images, then, yeah, it, it is an improvement in that way. Uh, but because it's taken it so far, it's almost too vivid, so... As I say, in certain scenes, it doesn't work. So I think it's an odd format. I think it, it's so temperamental. It needs to be... You need so much work to, to get it to look good. Um, I, I can't see it. I'm hoping it doesn't become the norm, but we'll see. What I was actually thinking when I watched it is... I think it's amazing. It would be an amazing format for um, nature documentaries because it's so... It, when it showed the sort of this, sort of the new New Zealand landscapes and stuff, it looked beautiful, um, but it looked real. It looked, as I say, it may be too real for a film, for a fantasy film. But if I saw those vistas in some sort of like David Attenborough documentary, oh god, it'd blow me away. And and I think it'd look amazing seeing like lines and shit in that much with that much clarity. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's because it's so the, the the clarity of the images is amazing. So in terms of documentary style filmmaking, I think it could be something a. a, a an amazing format for that, but I think for films it is almost too far. I think we've I think we've got to the top of 
of where we need to be in terms of resolution and clarity. So I, you, I don't think we need to go any further. So moving on from 48 frames per second into the future, when now we're talking about like super HD and stuff like that. Yeah, do you I think that's going to be too much? I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's necessarily a good idea. I think it's just going to make it, make the production design look shit. It's yeah, yeah. You just, see all the flaws. You see the, you see yeah. all the flaws, and it looks too real. I think when you go to the cinema, you don't necessarily want it to look real. I mean, certain style of films, it might work, uh, but it makes it look like you're watching it live. I mean, to some people, that might sound like a good thing. Could it be good for? Because obviously, like cinemas have started doing West End operas. Yeah, stuff like that would be amazing, especially with live three D and stuff. Yeah. I think um, I was I was I was going to say that to be honest. It almost makes it look as though watching theatre, which isn't. I mean, necessarily. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with going to see theatre. That's great. But when you're watching a film, you sort of don't want that. Part of the beauty of the film is is playing with the camera, playing with the effects and stuff to give it a sort of a, a rich sort of. Um, cinematic sort of quality so and it loses that it does it does kind of lose that it still had that in moments like i say in moments when he when it sort of worked well it still looked beautiful so is it just a case of like cinematographers having to change to rethink about how they light and how they design shots and possibly or it's just oh, it work, something yeah. that doesn't work I, I don't know i don't get it my head you know like we were saying before we play computer games at 60 frames per second yeah and i play computer games at computer games that yeah Computer games are wow. such, yeah, not all of them. Why? Just because of the because obviously you're controlling yeah. a, a character, and then in the, so the control input yeah. needs to be so precise. And there's so much movement going yeah. on in games and stuff. Uh, That's okay. the thing for movement. This effect makes movement a lot clearer, cleaner, and because uh, 24 frames a second, if you throw your camera around, it's it's just like a blur and it's just a, a mess. Um, so this sort of fixes that, which I guess for certain type of effects, it can look very good, uh, but it is a bit a bit odd. Um, I, I will say actually speaking of computer games I think some of the CGI in the film was amazing and uh, I don't know if the 48 frames a second helps helps that in terms of the movements look more real but uh, a couple of I mean Gollum Gollum just looks in some close-ups especially looks real just his skin and everything maybe his eyes not quite spot on yet they still look a bit fake but I think because they're that big and that clean anyway you, they, do, they do but his skin and stuff like that just it looks real and I don't know if that was helped by this effect or not and um, w- the effects that don't look good uh, in the film there's a, uh, some of this sort of green screen some of the compositing is a bit dodgy um, like it is that say, partly because it's so, so yeah clean. because it's so clean I think it. maybe you can just yeah. see the flaws but CGI looks great I, to be honest Another thing I was thinking, as well as a lot of nature documentaries, I imagine sort of CGI animation, animation yeah. will probably look phenomenal in 48 frames section as well. But <coughs> I don't know. It's, it's a funny one. We'll, we'll see if it really kicks off. But there's been so much negative feedback. I won't, I, won't, I won't be surprised if it sort of dies a death, but we'll see. I just can't imagine it may be making that much of a difference. I can't wait to see I've got to see it because I've got to see what this 48... I just can't... Imagine it's a massive difference. I can't, that's exciting. But think. at first, especially the first half hour, it's a horrible difference. It's like, what the hell have they done? But you kind of adjust to it. Um, but there are still there are still dodgy bits later on that's where it stands out again. Mm-hmm. I think as well, because you know, Peter Jackson has tended to do some handheld random shots occasionally that can jar anyway. But in the 48 frames a second, I think they especially jar because it because it looks like because of the clarity, it looks like someone's got a fucking. Uh, Phone camera and started waving it around or something. It's, it's yeah, that was worrying. Mm. Mm. So yeah, a bit of a disappointment, and the format is also a bit of a disappointment. But it's interesting, and it does work occasionally. Yeah, mm. I'll definitely have a cinema day next week. We'll have one of these every Christmas for the next two two more years as well. 
Yeah. As I say, I can't see you liking it, Darren, but we'll see. You never yeah, know. Yeah, you've got to watch it, haven't you? That's the thing. You've got to watch it. And also, I'm, I'm more interested to see what the 48 frames per second is like. Yeah. We will see. We will see. Cool. Um, that's it for that films we've it. seen. Um, Special discussion. <laughs> we've put off food ones again because it's so close to Christmas. Yeah. We've got to do Christmas. You've got, got to kind of go on your textbook. But... I mean, we talked about Christmas sort of alternative. We were going to do alternative Christmas films, but we talked about that last year. So, to be honest, we were just going to have a bit of a chat about what films we plan on seeing around Christmas because we've all got a bit of time off. A bit of, um, I know I'm going to have... Um, Anna's still working. She works at Boots, so she's going to be... Le- I'm going to be on my own at, the, at home for a few days, uh, so I'm definitely going to get some movie, movies watched. But what are you guys going to watch over the festive period? Linz, you can go first. Um, we've got a little Christmassy plan of things that we need to watch. So Die Hard, um, Scrooged, which I don't know if I've ever seen. Oh, I love Scrooge. I can't remember, you know, when your head doesn't put things together. Um, and then, uh, I bought the Tyrannosaur the other day, but it doesn't really feel like a Christmassy type film, but it's <laughs> on my pile of, of films to watch. Um, and then we'll probably watch a Fair bit of Disney. Um, I'm in an Aladdin mood this Christmas, I think. Nice. But we'll see what crops up. Cool. Yeah, we, um, we always have a, a pattern, like a, a collection of films. It starts always starts with Nightmare Before Christmas, which then uh, leads us from Halloween to Christmas, as in it's the starting point of the journey, of the um, unexpected <laughs> journey. Um, but this year I watched it because obviously I've just got a new massive 3D telly. So I've bought the I've bought this film so many. The only film I've bought more is probably Star Wars. But this I've bought this film a lot of times. VHS, a few times on DVD, Blu-ray, and now again on 3D Blu-ray. It's Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D. Anyway, buy your Blu-ray. <laughs> awesome. I've sold it. I've already sold it. Made a profit on it actually. Oh. <laughs> um, so we start Nightmare Before Christmas. I haven't actually seen this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so anyway, I mean, oh, it's so good in 3D. So good in 3D. Yeah. Um, well, I think 3D should just be kept for animation. I don't understand why you'd use it anywhere else. It's so good for animation. Yeah. It's just so rubbish for live yeah. action. Yeah. I'm um, trying to think cause I've watched a few films in 3D now. Oh, I watched Greenland. Oh, God, I don't want to get started. No, I'm, why I'm, would you I'm watch angry. that film, Darren? You knew it would make you angry. Oh, God. <laughs> it just to test out his 3D telly. Yeah, it was. It was. It literally oh, was. Oh, it's just that I finally saw Catwoman the other day. My God, oh, that no. was bad. Really? Oh, your Christmas so. film, Catwoman. Oh, Batman really Returns. Does. That is a good Christmas film. Oh, yeah. Batman, good yeah, call. the second Batman. Is yes. it the second one with the penguin? Yes. Yeah, the yeah. First Amazing film. Um, mm. And then last year I engaged in, like me and my girlfriend, we put all our Christmas films or traditions together. So we watched them all. This year I'm going to avoid Laura's. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> They're not all bad. She put me through Elf. I am never going to watch that film ever again Elf. in my life. Ooh. People I think love Jay it. likes Elf, but oh, Elf is not do. a good film. I, I find Will Ferrell eminently punchable. No, I'm, I, I'm with you I there. I haven't seen it. Mm. Oh, hated it. Bad Santa is a bit better, actually. But Santa's all right. Yeah, I don't that's... know if I'd watch it again, but it was all right. Then there's some good ones, just like White, White Christmas and stuff like that. and The oldies. Yeah, loads of oldies. But I've seen It's a Wonderful Life. It's, oh, that, oh. oh, Lindsay, you need to sort that out. I will def- that is one th- I will definitely be watching. I will definitely watch It's a Wonderful Life. Maybe work Home Alone on. Oh, I forgot um, about Home Alone. I'm so getting it. I may watch it again, but I may miss it. But it's usually on the list. But It's a Wonderful Life, definitely. 100%. Probably Christmas Eve. Watch that film. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Awesome. Oh. 
And not, big softy. Not the colour version. Big softy. You haven't seen it, have you, Lens? I keep forgetting no, this. I know it centres around somebody wanting to kill themselves, <laughs> isn't it? Or they go bankrupt or something. It's so. Very dark um, film. But I don't know why I've never seen it. It's because it's never on. I, when well, I, I avoid... It will be... It's on every Christmas, Lens. <laughs> maybe, on, I, maybe I'm just too busy watching box sets. Sometimes on around New Year, at least in America. Shall I buy you that for Christmas? For your birthday, I mean. Sounds like a... There you go. There, well, buy me a Christmas <laughs> film for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, but it's straight after, and you won't watch it before then anyway. That's true. Well, I just... I don't know. I, like, I always feel like it's probably quite sentimental, and I, I, you wonder about... Because no, it's been be sent off yeah. so many times. I always I, wonder about seeing kind of the classic. Yeah, so I, like, was, I thought the same. the other day... Um, Nick, who was there, was like, oh, you know, but it's like the classic falling, chomping, falling down into the shark's mouth shot. And it's like, but surely this film invented that shot. Well, not invented, but, you know, like pioneered that shot. Everything after it is sending it up. Yeah. But if you've seen it afterwards, it's like... But uh, this, this there has been nothing, done loads Nothing will prepare you for It's Wonderful Life. Nothing has parried... Simpsons, have, as they do everything, they've done a little parody of it, but... Mm. I only know the Red Dwarf parody. <laughs> Why have they done It's Wonderful Life? Yeah, it's Lister's favourite film. So um, there's a whole thing where they end up in the... I think it might be the Better Than Life game. And okay. Lister is the main character from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, whatever. I will guarantee that you watch it and you think it's well, like, a stunning I, film. Guarantee. Excellent. Good Christmas weepy. You can't go wrong. Yeah, it's cool. just... It's amazing. And it's not overly sentimental at all. Except maybe the... Well, whatever, no, no. The no. ending, maybe, yeah. a bit, but yeah. So, Dave, are you planning on watching the ridiculous uh, amount of martial art films? I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I was going to not martial art films, but um, my sort of Christmas plans at the minute aren't, don't involve many Christmas films, to be honest. Although we did buy at Tesco's randomly for three quid. We couldn't decide which... They have, they've got a big wall of Christmas films for, like, three quid. And for some reason, the one we ended up buying was Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which is probably terrible, but Disney, whatever. It was only an hour long. I was like, oh, let's whack that one. Um... Because we couldn't decide on the others, because we'd either seen them a dozen times or couldn't be bothered with them. Uh, but yeah, no, t- the, f- the, f- the only films that I, I'm sort of planning on watching, uh, <laughs> I've been sent one to review that I'm very, very excited about watching, and that's Barbarian Sound Studio. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I've got that on Blu-ray, so on the weekend I think I'm going to come into the office and get the projector out and, uh, and watch a bit of that. Um, the other thing, I- I'm going to be- abuse this office, basically, this while Anna's working in the holidays, but because I've got this spare time and, and not much to do, I think I'm actually going to finally watch uh, the Star Wars on Blu-ray because I got I got uh, it for Christmas. When are you going to do that? Uh, probably what, like sorry? shut up, here, <laughs> shut up. Here. Probably like around Boxing Day or, or the day after, or something like that. Somewhere around then mm. after Christmas. Just cancel all your plans, Darren. Just t- tell everyone <laughs> you've got the winter vomiting. Visit family, and then just hi. I might not watch all six, just time-wise. It might be a bit brutal, but I, I might at least watch like the the first three, and then watch the uh, prequels. By the later. first three, you mean the second three that were the first three? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I still haven't seen. I'm certainly not going to do all six in a day again. The, that was brutal. The fifth and the sixth one. Oh, you're such a loser! It's because the fourth. You get yeah, the fourth one. You would keep telling me that the one. Uh, what's it called? I want to say the Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Menace. <laughs> The one where he turns into Darth Vader. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, you keep telling me that that's good, but I can't get yeah, past... Yeah, you should watch that. I, other, think all... I can't get past the second one. and In fact, the first one's terrible as well. First one, but... Oh, whatever, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's bad, it's really... It's like, if this first Hobbit is bad, which I think it's going to be, and, you know, I, I thought say it's if anyone was going to love it yeah. and forgive it, Dave would. 
But uh, you're <laughs> kind of then forcing yourself to watch more crap, and it's like, oh man, I can watch a better film that mm. doesn't have people running around just gazing at one another. Mm. Um, I only really remember the annoying thing, the creature, and the fight that looked like a cartoon with the big blue balls. Or at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but anyway, forget I was going to say, I was going to tell you one of the, I, I wouldn't really call it a film because it's only probably only half an hour and it's like more of a TV thing. But has anyone seen advertised the Snowman and the do- Snow Dog? The sequel? Yeah, they made That's a made sequel to the Snowman. It? Yeah, it's, it's made in, well, I don't think it's fully like directed and stuff, but I think students at the University of Lincoln have done a lot of the animation work on it. I don't know exactly what, but it sounds like they've done quite a lot of work Someone on it. Someone had that for that. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's it's weird. By the trailers, it just looks like the exact same story as The Snowman, but they've added no, a dog. A dog. Um, it's in the same style of animation, which is great. I love this style of the animation, but it does Did seem you? a little bit pointless. But... Um, Oh, Christmas films we'll are pointless. That's the point. They all end happy after. I don't like after. The Snowman. I don't like the style. Really? Oh, I love it. That sort of hand-drawn Well, if to me, it, it feels really old-fashioned. Like, I wouldn't like anything new. No. Nah, do you know what I mean? God, if, like, if I like it because some... it's the snowman, but I wouldn't want to yeah. see that style of animation done for If they had some sort of CGI else. on it, and just be like, no. It would be horrific. But I just, oh, it just didn't, it, I didn't know, it didn't work for me. It didn't work mm. for me. Oh, I love it. Um, cool. I can't well, get that high. Even I if think... even if I pinch myself, I can't get that high. Oh, I think we should wrap up. Yeah, what can people see at the cinema? Yeah, loads, isn't there, Dave? Yeah, I'm gonna not actually this next couple of weeks because not a huge amount uh, coming out. Actually, I believe that's tomorrow on the 20th of December, uh, depending on when I publish this podcast. Um, is Life of Pi, which I'm quite excited about. I think that's supposed oh. to be good. Um, Sorry. <laughs> then on the 21st of December, we've got Pitch Perfect, which looks shit. Some sort of teen comedy about. Some sort of singing group. Oh, I didn't. I spoke about the trailer with that. It looks atrocious. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh I think you did. my god. Yeah. yeah, that looks shit. Um, we've got West of Memphis, a documentary, an examination of a failure of justice in the case against the West of Memphis Three. I think I vaguely have heard something about this, but anyway, it sounded interesting. Twenty uh, sixth of December, so Boxing Day, we have Jack Reacher, which is the new Tom Cruise sort of action film. I've seen one early review of that that's positive, but not. I haven't heard much about it. Trailer didn't impress me that much. Anyway, uh, they've got Safety Not Guaranteed, uh, Parental Guidance, which looks like a film from the 90s. It's got Billy Crystal and Bette Midler, who were thought had retired long ago, what? and randomly turn up in this cheesy-looking like uh, family comedy. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's coming out. Uh, we've got Grabbers, which is a low-budget uh, British... Grabbers is supposed to be really good. Yeah, I've heard some good things about it. Um, looks a bit silly, but yeah, it's like a British sci-fi sort of comedy. Yeah. Um, it's, from, it's from here. You're It's from here. Oh, okay. From it's my, made in Northern Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Cool. And we've got Midnight's Children, which is a Salman Rushdie adaptation. Um, I think that's supposed to be all right, actually. Uh, then we've got, the, on the 28th of December, the Nutcracker in 3D, which looks a bit yeah. naff. Uh, Zaytown, which is some uh, Beirut Bay, <laughs> um, drama with Stephen Dorff. Uh, then just to keep me happy, on the 31st of December, we've got Rekill, which is a Scott Adkins action movie. And I love Scott Adkins. He's, he's just on the brink of getting mainstream. He was in Expendables uh, 2, but really he's, he's been doing direct TV stuff for too long because he's, he's brilliant. But anyway, uh, then 1st of January, we've got Playing for Keeps, uh, which is some sort of cheesy romantic drama with Gerard Butler, Jessica oh. Biel, and Dennis Quaid. We've got <laughs> The Impossible coming out uh, on the 1st of January 2, which is that um, 
the Hugh McGregor one about the in, is it Naomi Watts? It's the uh, the tsunami. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, oh, there's tsunami. people in the New Year. They're depressed after Christmas. Yeah, go watch a film of... about tsunami. Didn't that happen in the New Year as well? Yeah, I yeah, think it happened so. in Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people said it's a, bit, it's a bit too soon as well. Actually, this film. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. Too is um lame is out. I I'm not even a not, lame not fan, but because in the UK, as usual, all the Oscar films, they fucking we can't. We've got to wait till closest the Oscars to see them. Annoyingly, um, so we we there's a lot of stuff we we haven't got that people are talking about already. When does Jack Reacher come out here? I just because I kind of want to see The 26th of December. We just mentioned. Oh, did that. I miss that one? Yeah, Sorry, 20... I fall asleep sometimes when Dave's rambling through his list of random films. <laughs> it comes out on Boxing Day. Um, uh, the, okay. the last film I just want to mention because there's one biggish film that's coming out on the first of January is Quartet, which doesn't appeal to me, but it's the it's I didn't realise until yesterday that it's Dustin Hoffman's directorial mm. debut. Okay. But it, it looks a bit. It's like this sort of um, Magnolia Hotel, wherever it was. It's um, it's a film made for and by elderly people that looks very safe very nice very dull and doesn't appeal to me but i think it's supposed to be okay i'm sure it's harmless fun but yeah count me out is that it yeah that's it cool um next episode uh, in the new year we will be chatting about our favorite films of the year oh this is always so hard it's always fun i'm very anal especially this year i, I this year i've actually been keeping a, a sort of a, a table and when I watch new films I slot it in to compare the films it's very 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 this is why sad. he's not a Trekkie can, there isn't can we time all, can we also do no. like worst films of the year we can do worst films because that's that more last fun time, yeah. I've got loads of them we have to do <laughs> both but I can never remember Some them and then worse, yeah, I, need to, I need to go back through a list of films um, can I include Catwoman in that list like no. seriously that film was bad <laughs> new films it's got to it's got to have been released in the UK sort of Damn yeah, it. Trickly, it's 2012. Well, 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 my I mean, best film of the year is clearly Iron Sky. Uh, Nazis in Space, what more does a girl want? Oh, yeah. But, um, maybe I'll give that one a bit more thought. <laughs> no, but yeah, we'll, we'll, that should be an interesting listen next next time. Uh, so it might be an epic session unless we do. What about films like I May Have Seen It Can that haven't been released yet? Those are allowed. There's but one you or get two. A, a tosser. <laughs> I've got some controversial, <laughs> controversial films to my list. Not in terms of people that like them, in terms of. Are they really a film? But anyway, we'll go into that later. But um, yeah, I might have some films in my bottom of my list that haven't been released at the cinemas, but they've been released on DVD, uh, straight to DVD stuff that I might mention. But um, Dave, um, we're not allowed to include any porn. Oh, damn it. Not, oh. Uh, not like last year with my Sex and Zen 3D. Yeah. No, no. No, I haven't 48 seen 48 frames per second. 48 frames per second penetration. porn. That'd be good. 48 frames per second porn. It'd Jesus. Feel like you were really Porn's dead. nauseating yeah, enough. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> In 3D as well. Although, no, I totally get the whole point of 3D porn. 3D porn, surely, makes perfect sense. I think that's been around for ages. Sex is a three dimensional mm-hmm. experience. But um, 3D, 48 frames per minute, like, anim- no, per minute. Per minute. That's a shit. Slideshow. Yeah, it's just all a bit crazy. Right, have a very Merry Christmas. On that note, yeah, have a, have a Merry Christmas, everybody. And, uh, yeah, I can't even be asked to list out. You know where we are on Facebook and blueprintreview.co.uk. <laughs> End of the year, we just don't care. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Go and drink some old wine, it'll all be better. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.